This is Paul from Daily Review. And this is Will from So I'm Watching This Show. And this is Kristen from So I'm Watching This Show. And tonight, this powerful threesome is <laughs> here to talk about the premiere of the third season of HBO's Westworld. This episode, we think, is probably <laughs> called Parche Domine. It is a reference to a Gregorian chant, which means spare lord. Spare your people. Be not angry with us forever. Mm. strangely fitting for these times yes they they meant to just fit the episode but you know (laughs) (laughs) so what did you think after watching this what was your gut reaction did you like it or or did you uh expect it to resemble the past seasons a little more i ultimately did Uh, i will be honest there was a point in the middle where i started to drift a little bit but it's something that I, I have a vague familiarity with the first movies, and I was curious if we were going to tap into Future World, which is the sequel to Westworld. And I kind of had all of these lofty ideas of what that would be and what that would look like. And in my opinion, it appears that we kind of are at the very least nodding to it with this season. Mm. It's not quite as space mountain as i was expecting it to be (laughs) but uh i am interested i am intrigued for me at least it's a very strange feeling watching this show because i feel like i am completely lost to a point where i feel like i'm doing something wrong but usually by the end of each episode i'm like no actually i think i'm where i'm supposed to be yeah would you guys echo that i think that's intentional yeah oh for sure and i think it's so because i really enjoyed this premiere and i'll say that i did also really enjoy the premiere of season two by the end of season two i was the most confused (laughs) of like that i've almost ever been watching television so this episode kind of cleared some stuff up and some people on twitter cleared some stuff up especially re how many doloreses i was supposed to be seeing (laughs) because there are two of them wandering around. Yeah, so I I agree that it is sort of intentionally confusing, but I think it's just to, like, build the mystery. Well, and it has, the show has this quality where, like, especially season two and the end of season two, where I'm like, I can't possibly have understood what just happened. Mm -hmm. And then I watched an extensive 30-minute recap on YouTube, and I was like, oh, I very clearly understood what happened. It is just gonzo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I, in mentally, I, I kind of I thought the first season set out to mystify. I thought the second season ended up confusing, mm-hmm. and then this season seems set out to entertain. Like it was just a little more straight up action movie stuff. Mm-hmm. Than, yeah, yeah, I can normal. agree with that. I was just treating this like the final season. Do we know that? Is that a thing? Or we know that it is a vastly expensive show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they actually had to rebuild some of it, if I if I recall, thanks Ooh. to f- fires in California. Oh, wow. So it is, you know, it's a very expensive show for them. And so, yeah, I had heard this might be it. There was no guarantee that a fourth season was... That feels know. right to me. Yeah. Based it, I on, mean, it could, for sure. And based only on one episode, this was giving me vibes of... And I want to make sure I'm not... I'm not saying course correction, mm-hmm. but landing in a way that we were in some highs in season two. People are definitely calling this a a soft reboot. Interesting. Okay. 
<laughs> I don't Basically, know. Because I don't know. I, I view it as like a pretty direct continuation. I mean, Dolores is is like, or like Super Dolores, I guess, the one that's in Future World. She's like out for vengeance. It It is a continuation. But no, I agree with the soft reboot because it's like in many ways we've cleaned house. Yeah. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. different sets, different kind. Co- like this is feels like a different show. Yeah. In, in in a lot of ways, yeah. and I'm also interested in this show. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna miss, like, to be honest, and and this is silly, but it's like I'm gonna miss like Teddy and Clementine, you know, like yeah, <laughs> and I'm gonna miss some of like the saloon talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely. Well, spiritually, uh, Teddy should still be there. I Maybe. have Did a he? suspicion. Yeah, she saved Teddy's, like, you know, brain, brain ball. ball or whatever. Okay, that's one of the balls. Okay. Yeah, and I think I have a suspicion she's going to put him inside Tommy Flanagan. The tall salt and pepper. Okay. The Scottish one. The really okay. badass guy uh, yeah. with the with the stun gun and other things. Uh, yeah, he's nice. I just, I, I have a soft spot for James Marsden. But... No, of course. I have a soft spot for Tommy Flanagan, though, so it works out <laughs> for me. But I wrote a tweet about halfway through where I was like, I was like, I don't have any idea what's happening. But I was like, but I am mesmerized by this, like, tech. It's like techno glamour porn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> And there is a part of me that just loves like I just completely get off on those like sweeping shots of sci fi utopias. Yeah, like mm-hmm. Elysium and stuff. And yeah. so there's a part of me that I'm like, yes, there's trees on the buildings. <laughs> like, it's so cool. And so it's like, I'll, I'll watch this screensaver for several hours if it doesn't, you know. <laughs> Even if it stops making sense, yeah, it's still kinda. so fun to look at. <laughs> and however often we can get Evan Rachel Wood to just look at a man glaringly and say, fuck off. She's, and then he does. Yeah. I mean, amazing. She's That's exquisite. Just- Let's let's just say up front that this is the, a podcast where we can say when someone looks pretty or not. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's, that's and, like seventy percent of our brand. Yeah. All right, good. Well, uh, uh, now that we've all agreed, she was pretty freaking hot. <laughs> yeah, correct. That little number that she did, where the little black dress turned into the gold floor length thing, I was yeah. like, rewind that. Let's watch it again. Have it was s- like a reveal. Yeah, Have it was you- amazing. It's a trick that they use on uh, the Frozen Broadway show. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, we've we've seen them do that. We haven't seen the show, but we've seen them do that. All right, so let's since we're talking about Dolores already, let's move on down to her. What do you think she's up to? I mean, it's pr- kind of clear, but what do you what do you guys think she's up to? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think she's out for for vengeance on anybody who's ever been involved in the park. It seems like she, seems like she might be collecting vengeance along the way to bigger plans though yes i think that's her current goal but what i'm a little fascinated by with the show and her specifically is there have been light comparisons between this show and game of thrones and Mm -hmm. they're really not that similar but this show so far seems to understand that it's not the destination but the journey Mm-hmm. Because I remember there was a lot of talk in season one where people were like, haha, I figured it out. And mm-hmm. I had the cast, like Evan Ridge Wood had to kind of be like, cool, that doesn't matter that you figured it out. Like, yeah, it's not about not- knowing, it's about how you get there. And so I'm getting major, major Daenerys Targaryen vibes from Dolores in a way that feels more thoughtful okay. and less like trying to gotcha the audience. 
And so I personally would not be surprised if this is but the beginning of Act 3 for her, and she's going to end up in a more... I don't know that I would go benevolent place, but I think at the moment vengeance is her her yeah. objective. But is that what we want from this character? I don't know that she's going to ride the vengeance into the finale, what could potentially be a series finale. I think you're right. There's going to be some growth. I mean, at the end of this episode, she's hooked up with Aaron Paul now, and that's obviously going to pull some humanity towards her the way that mm-hmm. the way that his life has gone, the way that her life has gone that's going to mesh together in an interesting way. So I don't think the vengeance is going to carry through the whole season, but I do think it's going to be a journey of her getting out of it in that case. Mm -hmm. The second season kind of created this weird position as a watcher. We were put in a position to root for the host to go and slaughter people, which, Mm -hmm. you know, we're human people. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, And so... You might be able to rationalize it. Well, they're rich dickheads, so, you know, it's okay. But now this she's out in the world, and uh, depending on what she's got in store, um, this might affect normal people like us. Well, to, to that, I would say that she seems to still only be targeting rich dickheads. And also, I'd like to say that I would never do such a thing as to go to Westworld and take advantage of sentient beings. So maybe I'm safe. <laughs> no, but that, that was always an interesting part about the show that it, no, it, it really didn't, it didn't shine a bright light on. But to be honest, I was mildly sympathetic and even empathetic towards the rich dickheads because they were behaving according to the rules they were given. Of course. Yeah, like right. a, a system was explained to them and they behaved appropriately within it. They didn't know the system was corrupted. You, that's what I was going to say is they also have, the majority of them have literally no way of knowing that these are in fact sentient beings. Mm-hmm. They they are told that these are robots without feelings and they're mm-hmm. just, we make them behave this way. I mean, they in this episode they refer to them as sex dolls. Like, yeah. So that's the thing. It's like you can only you can only hold people accountable so far, and it's like the people that that she is holding accountable for the most part so far, I think, are the correct people. Do I necessarily think that murdering them is the right answer? Not necessarily, but despite the fact that she's sort of jailbroken herself and made a super Dolores, she was still programmed a certain way, and she like has this like wild west mentality kind of and that's like her way of dealing with it that's true i never even thought about how the west world could continue into like the west world theme could continue into a non-western set right yeah Yeah. through because there's also a question as to whether or not you know these and in particular i would say her and mave there's sort of a question as to whether or not they're gods and it's like what is a god i mean Mm -hmm. are gods vengeful are they benevolent are they both are they neither it's like so the themes they're playing with on this show are so grand yeah definitely. (laughs) it makes me nervous like i just (laughs) i'm like i don't know how we're going to get through this (laughs) uh she clearly has designs on this rehoboam thing and the explanations that we got last night were pretty abstract i didn't leave that episode feeling like i knew what it was and why she wanted exactly. Did you guys get a better sense? Well, it felt like some kind of 
like like technology that does not fully exist in in our world currently but it felt like something that's kind of yeah like calculating the odds of everything all at the same time somehow they said something about predicting your life or, or, yeah. or, or something to that effect. Yeah. And then John Gallagher Jr. was like, if I can't tell you because if I was going to tell you, he'd already know and he would have killed me. And I just was like, who, though? Do you suppose that's the, the person that Tommy Flanagan mentions uh, before? Yeah. Yeah. I would out? just be interested in knowing who it actually is. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a preview. Some. It might be that uh, silver fox from the uh, <laughs> from the preview. <laughs> oh, it's um, that's Vincent Castle. He's a he's a French actor. Ah, yeah, we All like right. we yeah. like him from other stuff. <laughs> I think we covered Dolores. Let's hit uh, Bernard. He's got kind of a short bit in this. I one. was pretty unclear what was happening. I kind of my eyes glazed over with Bernard. So if you want to explain yeah. it to me. <laughs> I love Jeffrey Wright a lot, and even still, whenever Bernard's on screen, he's such a quiet actor in a way that, like, doesn't really draw me to the screen, even though it should, because he's very captivating. But basically, all these robots, well, actually, I think Dolores did it to him, but they're all, they've all been jailbroken, and now they're in the real world. So he's having to pass off as, like, a person again, but he's still able to access the Bernard parts of him. Even though he's now like Arnold Delgado or whatever it was. Yeah. So he's like trying to pass through life despite the fact that he is wanted for many murders in Westworld because they pinned it on him. Mm, and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he still is like, but he's also working this like sort of dead end cow factory job at the same time. And so he kind of gets made at the end of it and then he has to run away. I was very nervous about the prospect of a futuristic farm. I was yeah. like, I don't want to see this. And yeah, like, they, I'm not interested. They didn't get too right. into the nitty gritty with it. I appreciated that. Yeah, right. Yeah, the, the urban legends about the chickens that KFC uses. Yeah, yeah. No, no, thanks. <laughs> right. There's. I've seen other write-ups uh, that that said something about that Bernard was able to put himself in the diagnostic mode, and that's how he went all you know Terminator on them. But I don't think that was diagnostic mode. It seemed more like. Like you said, something it either might be the Bernard personality. It might be another thing in there. For all we know, it's Ford's remnant still rattling around in there. Yeah. I, the only reason I thought right away that it was the remnants of Bernard is because before he goes all Terminator on those guys that are trying to stab him earlier in the episode, he like opens up his arm and he's running like diagnostic things because he's trying to remember the last time Bernard talked to Dolores because he thinks he's missing information. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I was like, well, maybe he just was like accessing that part again, because I think Bernard had more capabilities than we saw previously. Yeah. There were those moments when Ford uh, told him, you know, kill Cullen and stuff like that. And yeah, and he was able to act yeah, exactly. pretty much just like that, <laughs> like what he just did. Mm. So at the end of his little bit, he says he's going back to Westworld. Did we get a good look at that map? The Oh, the map that he showed the guy? Yeah, I'm not sure. Because that's been something that has been plaguing me since episode one of season one, which is where exactly is Westworld? <laughs> and yeah. what it's is near, it? <laughs> it's, it's near China. It looked like it was maybe in the sea. 
Yes. Yeah, so it's like an island. Okay. Because yes. I was like, are we dealing with like a Truman Show type dome? <laughs> or like, that's something that had really been, I had been fascinated. Because they were so vast and they seemed to encompass like entire ecosystems. And so I was just sure. sort of like, what are we dealing with here? And I'm excited by the prospect of maybe exploring that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Something about them is a little more thorough than they were represented in the movie, <laughs> uh, where they had like <laughs> doors in the side of the cliff or whatever. <laughs> so I've never seen the movie, but now it sounds hilarious. It, it's it's kitschy. I've mostly, okay, all right. I've mostly we we I've never seen it. We learned about it in film school because it was the first movie to use computer generated effects, and oh, then I'm familiar with the Simpsons episode. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> ah, yes. Itchy and scratchy there, of course. Yes. So Bernard is heading back to Westworld. What do you guys think he has? I mean, it seems like it took a lot of freaking effort to get out of there. <laughs> well, he's not the one who made himself leave, right? Or did he? I, he but, or I guess he did like escape, didn't he? Wasn't he on the, one of those little boats? That, that, that yeah, he was on one of, of those boats. But I'm, I can't remember if he, like, did it of his own volition or if... Because I think Dolores was like, you need to leave. I remember Dolores in Charlotte's body had the brain orbs. And then she yeah. built another body for Evan Rachel Wood Dolores once they were out. Yeah, right. so and basically right now, Super Dolores is in Evan Rachel Wood, and yeah. Other Dolores is still in Tessa Thompson. Okay. Is my understanding. But they did, I remember a scene with Bernard on the outside. Did So did she smuggle him out and then build him a Bernard body? No, I think Bernard got out. Okay. On, like, like, like Paul said, on one of the boats. Then I, then I don't remember. Yeah, I yeah. spent. I didn't rewatch any of it in preparation for the new season. I just was like, I didn't get it in the first place, so I may as well start fresh. Considering how much free time so much of us have with this <laughs> quarantine, there still is only a limited amount of time. Yeah, there is only right. so much. The, the scene you're thinking of is actually at Arnold's house, okay, um, where he had a he just happened to have a, a host printer, you know, in the basement. I guess. Right. <laughs> Right. No, I believe it. It's fine. It's a normal thing. Yeah, it's a normal thing. <laughs> for for, I mean, it is, a, it is a normal thing in here, for sure. Uh, so we talked about Hale a little bit. You mentioned Tessa Thompson. We only get one solitary scene with her. So we're pretty sure. I'm, I agree with you. I'm pretty sure that that is somehow a copy of Dolores, because how else would Super Dolores trust any one of the other brain balls to do exactly what she wants, unless it was herself? Mm. Right. So do we think they can communicate with each other or just programmed to? Well, who else? Uh, she was talking to a, like, Evan Rachel Wood was talking to someone in her ear or her mind the whole episode. Mm-hmm. That's so right. So it could have been Tessa Thompson. It seemed like she had some sort of Alexa that she might. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because she, like, did call those motorcycles to her mm-hmm. and everything. It was very impressive and it was very cool, but... Yeah, I think that there's still uh, Dolores inside Tessa Thompson because I thought she like at, like hard killed like everybody else. And then she like printed a Tessa Thompson suit because the Dolores Tessa Thompson kills the real Tessa Thompson. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. OK, I'm just making sure I'm not making any of this up. Nope, that all happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I thought I had something to say. We're all like, just oh, like, <laughs> well, I was going to go back into charlotte dolores whatever in the board meeting because yeah. Cool. yeah i was i was impressed with that it sounded right 
It sounded, mm-hmm. I especially liked the robots don't kill people, people kill people. It felt <laughs> a little on the nose. Um, a little, a little <laughs> ham-fisted. And, uh, but in a, in, a, in a fine way. And it, it sort of, it, it weirdly reminded me of the Amazon show, The Boys, but like also mm. more sophisticated. Uh, yeah. And she did a good job of taking over. She, they mentioned she's interim director, correct? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> director interim. regent, if you will. <laughs> yes. So she's kind of running things, but that power can and probably will be challenged, I suppose. There's an AI on this on the board representing someone who I assume is the man in black. Well, I think it's either the man in black or it's whoever is controlling the what was it called? Rehoboam? Yes. Yeah, it's one of it's one of those two. Although if you had paid me cash money to guess whether or not Ed Harris would be in this season, I would have said 100 percent no. And it turns out he's going to be. So who knows? (laughs) The scene at the end of the last season suggested he had some bit to tell, but kind of much further along. It just didn't feel like he was going to fit in whatever they were doing next. Isn't that weird when you get surprised like that? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm for it. I love Ed Harris, but I just was, when we when he was in the previews for this season on Westworld, I was like, no way. Well, him, Hilarious. Him and Dolores have to be building to, I mean, I guess they technically did have a, com- a, a confrontation last season. Yeah, they've had like four. Yeah. <laughs> all, all this show is is confrontations between Evan Rachel Wood and Ed Harris. But I feel like he has to pay for his sins like he has to come through the other side because he started good and went to a place of badness and so for okay. me i feel like he has to come back through almost darth vader like like it's okay like, all right so like at the very last moment he has to be like sorry he has to have a redemption of some a sort redemption is what I feel arc. Like. right okay all right that's fair and i think it'll be led by dolores by evan rachel wood dolores that would be insane if it was tessa thompson <laughs> <laughs> could you right. even imagine Somehow, not as not as dramatic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not as dramatic. There's not that not, all not that character at all. Build like up. it's Tessa Thompson. It just it would be like what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, we do get a look at Maeve. Just just for a second, did you guys uh, catch that scene at the end after the credits? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. Of course, there's no answers there. <laughs> Only say, questions. This is one of Kristen's currently favorite tropes on television right now. Look, I'm. F- I'm tired of Nazis, okay? I'm I'm tired of the Nazis. I guess the only thing I'll say is that these are obviously fake Nazis. So I guess I can find a loophole there. But like, I would love it if I went through like one full season of any single TV show that I watched and there were no Nazis. It would be so cool because they are like alive again in real life and I'm not into it and I don't want to watch it on my entertainment. <laughs> How did you load up on Nazis? Did you watch like the Man in the High Castle, like back to back to back? No, they're literally everywhere. It's it's mostly in genre, but it's like it was in American Gods, Mm -hmm. it was in Teen Wolf. I feel like we put some in American Horror Story at some point. I mean, they're they're literally the television is littered with them. And no, I have not watched the Man in the High Castle because (laughs) I don't want any more Nazis. 
but it, yeah, it was like it was like every show we were watching because uh, our the other joke that we made, and it's a pretty niche joke between the two of us. But for like a year there, every show had the yakuza in it for some every reason. Every single show we watched was like, "You got to watch out for the yakuza," and I was like, "This takes place in Missouri. What are you talking about?" <laughs> like right. like tea or uh, True Blood yeah, had the yakuza it was in it. Bonkers. <laughs> So yeah, You're, you guys are like, this is us. Why do you? <laughs> what on earth? Mandy Moore is part of the yakuza. I did not expect those Nazi yakuzas. <laughs> but no, I I do think having said all that, as Kristen did mention, unfortunately it is timely again, mm-hmm. and unfortunately it does suit a show like this. Oh, absolutely. And I the other thing I'll say is aesthetically, it looks great on Tandy Newton. The, the hair 40s, like and the, yeah, a hundred percent. So I'm like excited to be looking at that part of it. I'm not sure I'm up for Tandy Newton still being victimized by white men. Uh, I think it might be quick. Well, yes, and I also think she's still jailbroken as well. So I think that she's. Yeah. I think she's going to be able to like <laughs> fight them. I think she's going to flip on God mode pretty, pretty quick. quick. Yeah, I would. I would. <laughs> so do that. she still has that. I think so. Yeah. If she doesn't okay. currently, I think she still has the knowledge to do it. So mm-hmm. you're probably going to have to put up with some Nazis for a long yes. time. Because I, if I was her and I had these guys out here that were pretty much a, a ready to go army, mm. yeah. Well, something tells me that she won't keep them dressed as Nazis. <laughs> Hope, fingers crossed. <laughs> all right, all right. Go- well, goose stepping along. <laughs> yeah, but I was gonna say Nazis led by Tandy Newton. Suddenly, there's yeah, there's a show I would yeah. watch. So why not? We'll see. We'll see. When I saw her, I said, "Oh, that's like Jackie Onassis hair." And Caroline says, "That's '40s hair." What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know my hair. Jackie Onassis hair is ago. more like a like a Poofy. football helmet of <laughs> hairspray. <laughs> Like the episode of Happy Endings where Penny has yes the, the hair on the outside of her like <laughs> yeah. scooter helmet exactly that's exactly right all right so let's keep moving to our new characters uh, really I think there's only one new character that's going to continue and that's Caleb obviously that's Aaron Paul yeah the name the name brand actor sounds like the producers um, Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan went and got him mm. he didn't try out for this they wanted interesting. Him. I love an Aaron yeah. Paul, so. Actually, for me, this will be really the first thing I watch him in, but. Really? Yeah, I didn't watch Breaking Bad. Yeah, Will, Will's <laughs> not a fan of shows like that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, well, and I actually, I th- I think Lena Waithe, we might sh- get a little bit of her. Uh, I don't know if you guys pointed it out. I don't remember the name or the actor of the man who was with her. But did you notice that his shirt said how he was feeling? Yeah, he's not an actor. He's a football player. His name is Marshawn okay. Lynch. <laughs> okay, right, right, right. Yeah, he's also known as Beast Mode. Is that oh, is that like his football? I know what that is. Name? Okay. okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I know what that is. But yeah. uh, Aaron Paul, uh, mm. I love that shirt. Though. Yeah, the shirt I mean, was amazing. <laughs> I could use that in my for, everyday life for sure. Right. I mean, I'll just give pe- you one that says angry, yeah, and then you'll be fine. perfect. I'm one of those people that has no that when people look at me, they have no idea what's going on in my mind and that makes them uncomfortable for some reason <laughs> see i have the I opposite sh- problem everybody knows what i'm thinking and it's bad for me and them <laughs> but yeah the aaron the K- caleb we said his name was mm-hmm. i'm open to it i'm not entirely on board yet i was curious why he seemed to be mimicking dolores because 
her arc in the first episode with the waking up the way the lighting was mm. over top of him. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so there was a part of me that I was like, we have no real reason to think that like a Blade Runner, there are hosts outside who don't know their hosts. But that was mm. just sort of the first place my mind went with the way they were filming him. No, 100%. I think it, I think it might be something along the lines of people have it shitty too. <laughs> I mean, that could okay. that could be. But I will admit that every time we met a new person, I was like, I bet they're a robot. <laughs> <laughs> and Will was like, uh, I don't know. And I was like, I'm just trained to believe that everyone's a robot now. I was like, he could be a robot. He's talking to robot Kid Cuddy on the phone, which is that one's accurate. But I just was like, everyone's a robot. No, I I, I like that. I didn't think about it that way. That Because he is definitely a worker bee. The show made that clear. Definitely. Did we, what kind of vibes were we getting from the conversation with the the, the voice on the phone? Uh, I, it was like an uh, an obligation, right? That that he he's in some sort of program for veterans. Yeah. I think it's like and, a PTSD type of situation. Yeah, it intera- was a friend that had died. We're assuming, correct? Yeah, like his partner. That's the bizarre part is that they had made his his friend into this AI that was going to be who he would spill his guts out to as part of the program. If I understood. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that seem ghoulish? <laughs> it, it does seem a little ghoulish and it, I, to me, and it also seems kind of, like, unethical. Well, if you know. I guess if, if you you're... if you know. And he did know the whole time that he wasn't real. It just is, it's, if you died in some tragic thing where I was also involved, I don't think I would have it in me to get therapy from you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I mean, I might. I, I don't know. Especially, like, I don't know about you, but my mom, maybe. I talk to my mom on the phone all the time. And if that's a way that I could, yeah. like, if I could therapeutically, quote unquote, talk to her to help come to terms with not being able to talk sure, to her. Sure, that makes sense. I actually found that interesting. But I was going even a step further. I don't mean to be reading too far into it. But how good of friends were they? Well, I mean, they were in the shit together. So. Yeah. Uh, well, I got a vibe. Oh, you, a vibe? you mean, like, were they maybe more than friends? Okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Uh, I didn't get that vibe, but I don't know that I would. Uh, we some we some putting it out there. We sometimes just... look for that vibe where it's not. So <laughs> All right. No, I mean I just, I'm I'm I proud to like... be the podcast that has that first. <laughs> well, I just I felt like the, the those history texts where they'll be like, clearly they were very good friends about an old timey picture of two dudes making. Yeah, out. of course. Like, yeah. yeah. The best of just friends. Just bros hanging out. <laughs> so I, I, just throwing it out there, especially the the final call, I was like Okay, yeah, I can now that you now that you said it, it's it's pinging for me retroactively, but so. yeah. I'm I can't say 100%, but I I'm not saying no. And I wasn't sure that I understood what he was doing with that app, although I guess that's one of the things where I did and it just was odd to Yeah, me. it was just sort of like a like Fiverr. It's like it's like it's Tinder like for crime. Crime app, <laughs> but okay. you get paid yeah. for it, so it's like um running errands for money. Mm, right because of there that you dude go. who took too much whatever drug yeah. it was because they, they ate a weird disc on this didn't they they did yeah it looked like a coin and it seemed to be medicinal because they used it with his mom yeah mm-hmm. but then other people used it for other well, reasons because the guy at the okay. the guy at the very beginning used it i thought as like a sleep aid that checks with the medicinal yeah yeah interesting yeah i'm, I'm curious and especially now that their paths have connected and if if that tiny little hunch I had 
turns out to be true, that would be interesting because I think when you take, you know, an Aaron Paul and you put him with an Ever Rachel Wood, mm-hmm. everyone's instinct is to make them romantic. Yeah. And that's a dynamic that doesn't have to happen. Yeah, I mean, we've, we could explore. <laughs> we've had that so much. We've had that dynamic mm-hmm. so much. And, you know, she's at this at this moment, she's kind of a damsel. Maybe a gay best friend could be good for Dolores. Totally, totally. <laughs> so, uh, you know, another, I have no way that just I just like, throwing it out there. <laughs> you know, another parallel that you uh, that now that you mentioned the the D- D- Dolores waking up, if you call her father figure Peter Abernathy was his his mind went on him, mm. and he and he got stuck in store uh, cold storage until they used him as the the mule to try to sneak out the information caleb's mom appears to be a dementia alzheimer's patient uh, Mm -hmm. of of some variety or he is a robot and he is not her son or (laughs) right right or maybe she's robot mom or Mm -hmm. or or something along those lines but still uh the, the relationship there uh is another indicator, I think, that you're on to something with the uh, parallel yeah. with Dolores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Were there any other minor characters? I guess Tommy Flanagan's character is worth mentioning at this point. Yeah. I yeah. also think uh, Palm Clementif. Oh, yeah. She did pop up there for a minute. Just a minute, right. Mm-hmm. She, she almost seemed like a mob figure, almost. Uh, I had no clue, so you guys can tell me. I just yeah, it I'm, could it could be it could be. That's the thing about talking about maybe this. yakuza of some maybe sort. a yakuza. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bringing it full circle. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's usually the trouble of talking about a show like this after only one episode. Is it's like yeah, that could be. She could have been birthed it's wildly. Yeah, she could have been birthed from the sun. Also, like literally anything <laughs> is possible right this minute. <laughs> But it was interesting yeah. that, that the company security guy, Tommy Flanagan, would make it mission critical that he get the, that loser guy, uh, what was his name, Liam, mm. to I, that meeting. I kind of liked Liam. I was a little <laughs> bit on his, not necessarily on his side, but I'm curious if we're going to see more from him or if he was just a misdirect for this episode. Yeah, I'm leaning more towards misdirect, but. Misdirect, yeah. okay. Now that he now that she knows he doesn't have access to the Rehoboam like he like he like she thought he yeah. did, I mm-hmm. think yeah, I think that's all done. Dolores is not particularly sentimental. No, not very <laughs> un- unless it's Teddy. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Unless she like snags him to put Teddy inside somehow, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, back with the Palm Clementa. So you think she was outside of the organization though? You think she was like a like a crime? That's a great point. I mean, she was representing someone. Uh, yes, and why? Why uh, just why would this? Why would Tommy <laughs> Martin is his name in the show need to have escorted him if she was like a mob figure? That would seems like she that would mean he was her man. Yeah, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does further a trend that I love about the show of putting women in high positions of power and giving them very active roles in a genre that typically has women in very passive roles. Well, and I I think what's so interesting, too, is that it does that from turning it on its head, because we met every single woman in season one in a position of weakness. 
And mm-hmm. then they grew into positions of power in ways that they didn't know they were capable of. And the people who created them didn't know they were capable of. And we didn't know they were capable of. So it's like you're, you're turning all these things on their head. And now that we're used to it, we just keep getting more of it, which is actually great. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like chasing a high. And it doesn't feel hampered. No, not like- to me. No, I think it. I think it, the, the natural rhythm of the. I mean, it's not that moment in in Endgame when all the women take the the gauntlet for a moment. We um, we like that. We both moment, love that moment. <laughs> we know we understand that it's a big complaint, but we like that moment. <laughs> I'm not saying you can't like it. I'm just saying it did feel forced a little bit, right? It, it does I mean, feel. On. It does feel purposeful. I'll I'll purposeful. I'll give it that. It felt but very, I think it was one of, of a multitude of things that felt purposeful yeah, in that yeah. movie. <laughs> felt very 2019. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it didn't feel like 2020 because this sucks worse than 2019. <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> so who do you think the brain ball is in Tommy? I, I was kind of thinking Teddy. I think she's, yeah, I think, because I, I don't know that we saw her actually do it yet, but I think she's going to put Teddy in him. Who's? Tommy Flanagan, the the you know the the tall one okay, with the okay, oh, okay with gotcha, the white gotcha, hair, gotcha. the Flanagan, yeah, Flanagan. Yeah. Okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I think she's gonna put Teddy in him. Although yeah, makes- I although I do have to say Teddy is like a tender heart, and I don't know that he would be an assassin for her. So I'm gonna change my mind and say it's Rodrigo Santoro. Yeah, I think mm. Teddy. I think Teddy tapped out because she took away his like kindness and he killed himself yeah i don't think we have teddy unless we know for a fact we do i don't think we have him you might be right james marsden is um mum on the on the subject Mm, because obviously obviously he's not coming right but he has been questioned about teddy and his answer was he couldn't say all right Mm -hmm. Uh, from where i'm standing i would prefer if if teddy found a way to take himself out yeah. because I don't think he liked the corruption. I mean, he, she corrupted him. Like and, yeah. and it would be a very, it, w- it was non-consensual. Yeah, it would have, it would be a very nice, a much nicer ending for Teddy if he were allowed to have found his own peace for mm-hmm. sure. So then yes. And, and again, poetic in a way that we don't often get from male heroes, let alone cowboys. for sure. And so in that case, I am changing my vote to Rodrigo Santoro. Interesting. Yeah, because he is he's cold blooded, that mm-hmm. guy. He's uh he's ready to go. But he does he have so good with Yeah, Maeve, he does though. have sauce. Well, there's no no question of Maeve getting out into the real world at some point this season. She's mm-hmm. got to. So they I suspect they'll meet again at some point. But we also we have no clue who the like five memory balls are. So No. Not really, yeah. no. All of a sudden she just had a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> she saved like and a handful before she blew up that underground bunker area and that's yeah. it ford might be one maybe you know? maybe i yeah i'm not sure i really i would love to i would love to find out <laughs> arnold might be one well arnold's already out though yeah he's in the bernard or, or yeah body yeah sort of okay but who says you can't have more than one brain ball true i mean the, we <laughs> There's 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 two Dolores brain balls. That's true. Who knows? Maybe maybe they're all jailbroken somehow. They're just all Dolores. <laughs> just everybody's Dolores at the end. Well, I you know she, I think she might have trust issues after <laughs> all the stuff that went down. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. 
what would you guys say were your top three moments of of that show? The dress, and then the two times that I flipped back and watched it again. <laughs> Uh, for me, that was a good dress. Yeah, it was a great dress, and it was a great like costuming <laughs> moment. It's a very gifable. Um, yeah, I re- actually I really enjoyed the like whole opening sequence with the the first guy that she kills. The like really, Jerry. yeah, Jerry, the jackass. I think he was like German or something. So the glasses she put on him were showing him like a like a virtual reality no they were, they were like showing augmented reality yeah they were showing him memories of how he murdered his first wife up to and including her standing in that yes. room because yeah okay and i so i really liked that whole sequence i really liked the dress and as i said earlier i really enjoyed the moment where evan rachel wood dolores was trying to eavesdrop over on over someone mm-hmm. and the guy the like silver fox just came up to her and was like um excuse me and she literally looks him up and down goes fuck off and turns back around and he like did <laughs> he did just fuck <laughs> off it was amazing i loved it uh actually i will say something that i w- did not like and it's that i didn't care for the new credits the new open credits uh. they were not as not as yeah, not as, as the not as punchy two. as the the actual Westworld ones, but I was kind of bummed. Yeah, I do. I actually I do like the new version of the score, though. I don't know that I noticed it. Was it was it was, it was much slower, and okay. it was maybe that maybe that's what I was responding. Yeah, to and it was a lot less of the like what do you want to call it like a harpsichordy piano forte kind of sound. And it mm. sound it was more straightforward. Because I also I also didn't pick up on any cover songs in this episode. Oh, I didn't either. There might have been that I just was unfamiliar yeah. with, but as I recall, the previous two seasons had very kind of like blatant cover songs, like Black Hole yeah. Sun and yeah, uh, or uh, Painted Black, wasn't that in there? I think it was. Yeah, I think there was yeah. an Amy Winehouse Back to Black. I think they did that too, but yeah, so a lot of black. <laughs> <laughs> I liked all the little touches, all the little details that let us know that this this future was thought about very hard Mm -hmm. and all that stuff that we saw is likely at at some point like the various kinds of vehicles and all that did you notice helicopters that were just drones right right or did you notice that cars were like even though we we saw the motorcycle and the car with with liam and all that later on when caleb is driving that range rover they're like the only ones on the street yeah there was no traffic It's like cars are done at a certain yeah. point, so mm-hmm. much so that he has to be asked whether or not he's capable of driving mm-hmm. before they, they give him the car, because I guess people are that out of practice with it. Yeah, I do love to play that game where it's like, I wonder how good this will look for how long, like at what point will this look silly and outdated? And I think it's the kind of thing that I think over time we have gotten better at predicting mm-hmm. the aesthetics of the future. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's hilarious that you say that because while we were watching it last night, Will told my husband, Will, he told me there's a deleted scene from, I think, the second Terminator movie. I think that's what he said, where it's like the future from then, only it's like 2007. And he was like, it looks like these shots of Singapore. And he was like, which that's Mm. like now in our, you know, relatively recent past. But he was like, literally nothing looks like that. And I just thought it was <laughs> it was funny that we were predicting it so long ago, but that we really overshot the the mark. Yeah, <laughs> like 2007. <laughs> but yeah, I ju- it, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking similar things about it. And another thing that I do appreciate about this show, which it, th- this is wild speculation on my part, but 
Chris and I kind of have a fear that like there's a, sh- a television bubble that's going to pop any minute mm. now. There, there's too many productions than there than there are viewers for that's, each production. That's a valid concern. Yeah. And so I think things are going to get cheap and tacky real soon. And there is something just luxurious about watching a show like this. Yeah. Where, I mean, it's just it it's just dollar signs. HBO like, seems to have a really good idea of what they want to spend <laughs> on a show. And then, then they do. It. Yeah. Oh. It was this. I, I couldn't see any of the screens like it was just all. <laughs> no, 100 percent. And I think what you said is correct. Like they know how much money they want to spend, but then they spend all of that money and you can see all of it when you're watching mm-hmm. the show. Like I it's not like that movie with Tom Cruise that when he did the mummy. It's not I know I know that Evan Rachel Wood isn't getting 40 million dollars off of this, you know, like that 40 <laughs> million. Yeah, in. that 40 million dollars is in the production. And I think that that's mm-hmm. like what HBO mm-hmm. really excels at. And so that that buys some loyalty for me. It's like I'll tune in for several weeks, even if I have no clue what's happening. Yeah, totally. <laughs> All I want to do is watch Evan Rachel Wood walk around in dresses and watch Tessa shoot people in the head. Yeah, shoot people in the head. <laughs> Tessa Thompson smoke a cigarette with that jacket with the weird sleeves. I love it. I'll do whatever. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch them do anything. Well, it sounds like you guys are then. Uh, that was one of my next questions. Was uh, if this had been the the pilot instead of the other thing the 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 first thing mm. if this had been your first impression of the show you know the set in the future with this tone with this aesthetic mm-hmm. would you have kept watching oh yeah for me yes i mean i might like it more to be honest mm-hmm. I, I i sounded very effusive there but i'm taking a lot of it on faith if this were but the first of more to come then I think I would probably be more intrigued. Yeah, you were you were having issues by the end of that blue prairie dress because <laughs> it was the only <laughs> thing Dolores ever wore. But yeah, I mean, I think yes. The the I love a period piece, which is essentially what the first two seasons were to an extent. But there is something very always intriguing about speculative future, I guess, and that's what this mm-hmm. is. And so I, I'm yeah. I think we'll see Westworld again. Well, too. I do. Cause, I mean, Bernard's on his way, trying have, to be on his way back. So we do have, because as I mentioned, I mean, they cleaned house. We do still have a few people because uh, the fourth Hemsworth is still out Luke. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was in the previous or the the in the weeks yeah. to come. Yes, montage. So, man, I saw a uh, a recap. You know, before watching this, I didn't really have time to watch all of season two over mm-hmm. again. So I watched a couple recaps. And one guy speculated that Stubbs is actually a host himself. Mm. Mm. I mean, that's what's that's what's so one of the things that's so fascinating about this show is it's a little bit of a like a pod person kind of thing where you're like, you're never 100 percent sure. And when you start going down the rabbit hole, you're like, well, it would be a lot easier to control your security if you could literally control your security. So there's an argument to be made that he is one because he's head of Uh security. But it also is like, I would love for there to be like one human person on this show. (laughs) So I go back and forth a little on it. And we lost, um, what's her name? I had forgotten. Yeah, the girl. And I was bummed about it. The brown hair girl. Elsie or. Mm -hmm. It kind of reminds me of um, Ridley Scott's take on Blade Runner, right? That he, Mm -hmm. it it was his thought that Deckard was also a replicant yeah. right kind of like in the reboot the replicants hunting replicants yeah so it's a similar idea yeah i like it 
I also believe that Deckard is a replicant, so that's <laughs> there's me. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't play out in the sequel. Mm-mm. If you if you stayed awake that long, he was yeah. he was alive. Yeah. <laughs> that was a really long movie. <laughs> All right, so I think we've covered everything, don't you guys? Yeah, I think so. Again, this was the first episode of the third season of Westworld. And uh, we're going to change up the podcast a little bit this season. We're going to have different hosts come and go. So this time it was me and the hosts from a podcast called So I'm Watching This Show. Uh, My name is Paul Daly, and I'm with Daily Review and Pod Clubhouse. And I'm Will. And I'm Kristen. And we are from So I'm Watching This Show. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.